Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Walk in Victory podcast, where we sit you at the feet of the masters. My name is Carla, and I'm excited to introduce you to our host, Naron Tillman, recording from the bustling borough of Queens, New York. On this show, we dive deep into the journeys of individuals who have overcome tremendous challenges to achieve their goals. Through their stories, we hope to provide you with inspiration, guidance, and strategies for your own journey towards victory. So get ready to learn from the masters themselves as we explore the triumphs and struggles that make success possible. Let's dive in. And now here's our host, Naron Tillman. Good afternoon, good day, good evening. I don't know what time you're listening or where you're listening from, but it's your boy, it's your host, Naron Tillman, and you are listening to another episode of Walk in Victory. Um, the last episode, I talked about what does Walk in Victory mean to you, but this episode, I have some stuff on my mind. One, they're comparing Drake to care how many albums Drake sell, he will never... <laughs> B, do you understand what Michael Jackson was or who he was? I remember as a child, I used to come up and I, I, I made money in music. Um, but as a child, we used to debate who was better, Michael Jackson or Prince. Here, here's the rub. We love Michael Jackson. There was nothing like Thriller. There was nothing like that that video, I remember us all watching. We used to have a big screen TV. So our big screen TVs were not like you guys' big screen TVs. Our big screen TVs came from the ground, and it was up, right? And it had a huge butt. <laughs> and all of the mechanics was inside of the TV. So it was hard to move. So wherever you put it at, that was it. And if you got 32 inches, you got 32 inches, but the external of it was about <laughs> 10 to 12 inches because it was all like wood. And <laughs> so it's because when you walk, it was a piece of furniture. Oh, so yeah. when you walk into a house and you might have had, I grew up in the projects. We had one family that had that big <laughs> screen TV. We all crammed into that house when Thriller came out. And at the end of that night, when Michael Jackson got through walking through that graveyard and doing his moves and twitching, and it was some moves that we like never seen before, even though all we had to do was watch um, 
shout out to what's his name? He dead. he had the not Al Green. Al Green got hit with the grits. It wasn't Al Green. Um, I'm gonna get his name. He couldn't talk. Yeah, that guy. Until we saw him, like because we didn't know about him. We didn't know James Brown. Michael Jackson had moves. Here's the thing about Michael Jackson. Drake and to all of the Drake lovers. You know how hard it was to come from a group? Most look it up. Mostly all of your top performers. Lionel Rich, they all came from a group. It was Babyface featuring Adele, or Lionel Rich featuring, so all of those, the Isley Brothers. So we came from a time where groups were imperative into the music business. And it was so hard for a soloist to come from a group to be the, when the soloist came from a group to be a lead person, they failed. You're talking about a Michael Jackson that started at four to five years old. Jermaine thought he was better than him. We saw Jermaine <laughs> Epic fail at Michael Jackson's funeral. Shout out to uh, Usher who stole the show. When Michael Jackson put that on the wall, off the wall, sorry, off the wall album out, he had them high waters on. <laughs> Them glittery socks and that glove, and every time he moved, and, and, and like he was just, it was just, it it just. All right, I'm going to bring our guests on because we sit you at the feet of the masters. That's what we do at Welcome Victory. But I'm going to ask you this question before I bring my guests on, and I'm I got a sore spot. I'm going to tell you, they, it was a reunion. Uh, when Michael jo Michael. Not Michael Jordan. No, I hate Michael Jordan. Michael Jackson's 25th anniversary at Motown. And he came out with the same moves. And he did that. He did that moonwalk across. I started crying. I confess. I cried. My wife looked at me. She's like, you crying? I was like, I understand what it's taking me back to. Like, in my childhood. And at that part of my childhood, we'll talk about that. That's a whole nother episode. But Drake came out. And I and I like Drake. Drake is not even in my top. Drake is not in my top. He might not even be in my top eight. He might be in my top ten. I have to respect what he did because he was playing a um. He's playing a guy in a wheelchair. I don't know what they call him now, so I don't want to get <laughs> wrong. On uh, the grassy high, like he, I, I thought he was crippled. Can, they, can you even say crippled? I see you laughing, but I'm asking a question. You don't answer Unclear. like no. I'm going to go with no, maybe, at this point, but I don't know. But he was playing, he was playing a guy. So I thought the activities of his limbs. That's what my, my grandmother used to say in prayer. Thank God for the activities of my limbs. I didn't think that he had activities of his limbs. Then I, he sang in the grassy high. I was like, oh, he can sing. So I thought he was going to come out as a He's, he created this whole sing rap thing. But is he better than Eminem? Is he better than Jay-Z? He might have sold more. But now they're saying, oh, 
this album, he's going to be, he's going to surpass Michael Jackson for number one hits. What are you surpassing, Michael Jackson? Hang me to my heart all week. Because I'm listening to all the debates. I listen to other YouTubers. Again, my YouTube is not, I don't, I'm not on YouTube. We're going on Amazon Prime and Roku. Um, and we're going to have clips on YouTube. But I listen to other YouTubers. I listen to other podcasts. I listen to hip-hop stuff. I don't do hip-hop. So this rant is even way far off of my, my reach. But when I hear somebody disrespect, there's A and AA. It's not even A and AB. It's A and AA. Michael Jackson. I'll go on a rant one day about Prince. Because I underestimated Prince. I didn't know he wrote all these songs under other people's names. So I'm talking from my musician self. But, again, we sit you at the seat of the masters. This is Walking Victory. I am your host, Naron Tillman. And I'm, I've been on, on my phone all day. Thank you for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And you can chime in on what I just ran. Listen, there's no one. There, I don't think there ever will be anyone like Michael Jackson. Like, no one can do what he did, I don't think. No one that I've seen. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I'm not going to ask you your age, but I've never seen a man stand up and just be silent, just go like this, and people just start crying. Because he's just... Yeah, he it, was... It doesn't happen. And pure entertainer but also just so talented commanded the stage just really just special yeah but i, okay. I think unless you lived it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, same thing with michael jordan like i'm a nick fan so I, I hate everything i did not appreciate michael jordan until i got older and i started appreciating michael jordan because anyone that can command their industry for as long as he did you got to respect, right? It doesn't matter who your fandom is. It's like, okay. So now when I look back at, and I look at those games, I look back at those games, I'm like, oh, he just took over the game. But as a Knicks fan, in the moment, I'm like, oh, we blew it. No, <laughs> we didn't blow it. What you do, how do you get people to command their game? That's a great question. I think... Uh, I look at... <laughs> I'm going to do a whole compilation of people that tell me I got a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Be be good. Um, I think a lot of times it's about showing people a different perspective or allowing them to see a different Mm. perspective. A lot of times people, I think, get in their own way and get trapped in one way of thinking about a problem, a project, or whatever it is. And so being able to maybe present an alternative solution or just get them thinking outside the box I think it's the best way to do that. How, how often do you think that worldview or I'm just use worldview. Mm-hmm. How often do you think that worldview is a huge part of us getting to into our own way? I think probably a lot of times, you know, um, preconceived notions, just your own typical thoughts and thinking patterns definitely influence your day to day decision making. Um, a lot of that can be hard to unlearn. No, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means, again, like, different perspective. Different way of thinking. Different, just get outside the box. I think can be helpful. So, I've been working in marketing for over 20 years. 
Um, I started in market research, went over into financial services, and about three years ago, I actually started my own company, and I now work with startups. So early stage companies that are looking to make a difference in the world, they're usually very small. Um, and so what I mean by looking to make a difference, right, I have a, a client right now that is helping to cure cancer in animals or a guy who works with a lot of animal health clients. So really, it's, um, I'm really hoping to help those types of companies just amplify what they do, spread the word, hopefully make a difference. How are you? First of all, shout out to that company. My dog, Rex, and I don't, I, I hate being transparent, but my dog, Rex, died from cancer. I'm sorry. Rex was an Australian Shepherd, so really really big mm -hmm. he had cancer in his spine mm -hmm. and one morning he took him to the hospital and it cost us um, like fifteen hundred dollars mm -hmm. like, he's not gonna survive you can take him home but anyway so shout out to, to to the work that you're doing but when you say small business startups where does the small business need to be at? Um, because I've been in business for a while, and each one of my businesses have been startups. Mm -hmm. So it's the startup incubation imagination. Mm -hmm. It's a startup website finished and completed. It's a startup. We have some customers, but we could do better. Because all those are, are really stages of startups. Where, 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 where are you looking for? What is your hot spot? Where do I fit in? Yeah. To be honest with you, actually, all of those phases that you just listed. Beyond that phase, oh, like, we have tons of customers. We know who our ideal target is. Once you have that stuff figured out, I'm not for you anymore. I like to work when there's a lot of questions, when messaging isn't necessarily buttoned up. Maybe they only have a few customers. Maybe the website needs a lot of help, right? Usually that's where I come in is when they have, I call it like, it's like patchwork quilting, right? They've got a lot of different pieces, mm. but nothing is really pulled together very well. So those early stage companies, that's when I like. Those are who I like to work with the best. you help them find funding? Do you help find, like, what I can, do you help them do? You, primarily, you help them get the package together? I help them with messaging help them with mm -hmm. marketing strategy and then I help them with implementation so it could be depending on what strategy we've laid out we could be working on social media we could be working on content we could be pulling collateral together for conferences it really depends on what the business needs but um, it usually is centered around those types of activities what got you into you said three years ago I know the pandemic <laughs> got everybody into business if I can get a list of the people that was in business in <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> and I'm not shout out to my pandemic business people. I was like, I was so happy when the pandemic ended so I can now all the real people get into business back again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what drove you to that besides the pandemic? Yeah. What drove you? What was the thing that said, I can fill this void? And what is the void? So, what is the void that you think this industry is, not the industry, because you're not industry-based. No. 
um, the startup needs. So you looked at that void. You was like, oh, okay, this is what they need in order to get to funding. Because a lot of people don't understand that there's a, there's steps to this. Like you have to have things in place in order to get funding. So people are like, oh, I, I started a podcast. I want to make like, no, there's steps, there's levels. To so what void did you see in, in order to fill that? What, what struck you? So question one here, how did this all come to be? Um, I've always wanted to start my own business, but I never really knew what that was going to be. My dad ran a small business when I was young. He's not retired. Um, And that always seemed appealing to me. So kind of brewing for a long time. And when, even before the pandemic hit, I was at this point where I was like, this is going to be my last official full-time gig. After this, like if I ever leave here, I want to take the leap. So again, it was brewing. And when the pandemic hit, it was just the right springboard. I have um, a good friend of mine is the CEO of this company that we were just speaking about who um, creates immunotherapy cancer treatments for animals. Um, and I took the leap, right? It is definitely a leap because at the time I had somewhat of an idea baked out. I knew of what my offer was going to be, but it was definitely trial and error and figuring it out along the way. And I'd be lying if I said, I'm still not figuring it out along the way, even three years later. But that kind of also leads into where did I see the need, right? And how how was I going to help fill that void? So I had been working in a startup for about three years before starting my own business. And I loved it. I loved the vibe. I loved the whole experience of it, but I saw how many, how beautifully messy startups are, right? It's going back again, patchwork quilt. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that don't necessarily fit together. And I'm really good at putting all those pieces together, right? So companies that have had no marketing, that have no plan, no strategy, the messaging is a mess. They've got a brand. You need to align all those things, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be that that first person that could come in and streamline all those things for startups that really needed that help. Tell the audience why that's important. Why is it important to make sure that you have the, the website, the, the this, the that in place? Um, most, we're not talking to mom and pops, but most people when they start business, they look at it from a mom and pop mentality. They're looking at it as, all right, I'm starting a business. Um, my mom make good chicken, so we're going to start a chicken spot. Mm-hmm. I got some money. And that's where the small business mindset comes from. But you're talking about something totally on a, not next level, because you're bringing them to the next level. You're saying, all right, these things need to be in place. Once those things are in place, can you explore to us or can you explain to us what opportunities come after those things are in place? Yeah. I mean, I let's think of it this way. Maybe this is a good example. Let's say you are active on social media and you have one set of messaging, a wholly separate look and feel on social then you have a website that's set up and it looks and sounds completely different. And then you, maybe you do some emails, 
the colors are different, the font's different, again, different messaging. If you were someone that was trying to interact with that brand, how confused would you be? Would you even know if you were the right fit for that brand? And I would argue, and I do argue, the answer would be no. You would, have, you would not be sure if you were the right person to be using that product. So having a cohesive look and feel, sound, tone, across all of your marketing channels allows your either your customer or your prospect to be like, ah, yeah, they're for me. This is where I need to go. I'm going to give you an example for me because I, I understand exactly what you're saying, but I want to give my audience an example. Okay. And you're the expert. We're sitting at your <laughs> feet. We sit at the feet of the masters. <laughs> I have two podcasts. I struggle every day when I post because one of my podcasts is a ministry podcast. Mm -hmm. The other one is a business podcast. Mm -hmm. I try my best not to cross-contaminate. When I say cross-contaminate, whatever I'm doing on Walking Victory, I don't want my guests to feel like, oh, but when all your guests is going to Google you. They're going to, they're going to, oh, he's a preacher. But I want your true or think to self. So if you're a cusser, I don't want you to come on my, the Walking Victory podcast. But, oh, I can't cuss. <laughs> I got you. But you know what I told my producer over the summer? I said, you know what we need to do? Anybody that want to do a Christian business and they want to talk bible the lord helped me to do this i'm not against that because hey i'm here for it but let's put them on so let's change one ministry's church into one ministry's network because the network church will be the our sunday service but we can interview other people so it won't it won't intervene with my atheist audience. I have people that don't believe in in that. And I'm not going to come on one walk in victory and say to my atheist, hey, you can't be atheist. <laughs> I may say that one ministries but at least you know when you click on, you know, am I right? Am I? You are, you are totally right. You know what you're going to get. And I think that makes total sense to me. Yeah. It's important. Why is that important? You just said it's important, but why? Yeah. I mean, okay. Using that same example, let's say on your ministry podcast, all you started talking about was cooking. Does it make sense? Do you, would your audience be confused? Would do you yes, think they would stop listening? Would you lose listeners? And again, I'm making, I'm making some jumps, but for me, if I were no, your listener, no, no, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, it'd be confusing. I'd be like, I don't want to come here for recipes. I want to come here for word about the Bible, right? For a ministry, yeah. there, there's expectations that go with if that's the name of it, the brand of it. There's things that your customers or prospects would expect. So if they don't get that, then they leave or they lose interest. Same thing with, with any let's brand. Talk about, let's talk about naming the baby. 
Because all of our businesses are babies. They're, they're our babies, right? Mm-hmm. So when we name our businesses after our children or talk about, I'm going to rewind that because I don't want to offend people that name their baby after their, their business after their children. But when you don't name your brand properly mm-hmm. or advise with someone that can help you name your brand or help you name your podcast or help you name how does that affect you in the long and ramifications and you're coming in oh I would not how do you navigate that how do you tell a person I, oh I wouldn't name it that oh, oh I wouldn't use that on my personal podcast on my personal page oh I wouldn't like separate the two how do you do that because you you're you're really diving in terrains that are messy because if a person never owned the business, you're coming in saying, uh, I don't know if that's smart. And everybody thinks they, they're the smartest person in the world. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. So I have been in this situation. I, I have two answers for this, if that's right. I've been in the situation where a company wasn't officially launched yet and we were looking to name the product. And it's a challenge. I would, again, I would be lying if I said to you like, eh, it's so easy. Like it's, there's no discussion. It is not easy. I didn't find it easy. And there was a lot of discussion around this. And what we did, because again, company was early stage, they didn't have a ton of funding. We surveyed as many people as we could, people that we knew, right? And if we had an email list, we asked them like, what do you think of this name? What does it make you think of? What do you associate with it? So doing a little customer research, even if it's just, your friends, family, coworkers, like whoever, right? If you've got a list of people that you trust, start by doing a little bit of that, right? Now, if you already have a name and you start working with someone in marketing, they're like, uh, this is tough. Or another scenario, which I've actually run into with a current client is we're finding that, again, customers and prospects are associating one thing with the brand that's just not true. They see the name and they're like, oh, you must do X except that they don't. And that's so, and that's, I think that's exactly what you were alluding to before, what happens then long-term. And I think there are ways to kind of supplement and point people in the direction that you like, again, hey, no, we don't make, this isn't a cooking channel, right, for podcasts. We do X, Y, Z. I think there are ways with additional messaging or imagery, things like that, where you can help maybe change people's perception of what the brand is given a name but it's tough that can be a really hard thing to, to battle <laughs> that's why you get paid the big bucks and that's why you're the, <laughs> one of the masses oh for me um walking victory mm-hmm. i'm gonna use my own personal brand right so when we started four years ago i didn't know what it meant to walk in victory, but I used to use the hashtag all the time. I made the hashtag walk in victory, right? So every time I posted in the morning, I would give inspiration to post and I'd be like, hashtag walk in victory. And then one day somebody reposted and it's like, like my friends say, walk in victory. I was like, oh, I'm on to something. When I started the pod, if you're listening to me, most people would tell you, start a podcast with a product. That's um, what we call it, the top of the tier 
um, at the top of your funnel, mm-hmm. right? So you run a podcast, you talk about your. I I don't sell anything. I like having great conversations. Yeah. So I didn't come into the podcasting arena with a funnel in mind. I came into the podcast arena with, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that the name is going to be Walking Victory. Mm-hmm. A, a popular, I took a course from a, a popular podcaster, mm-hmm. and he was like, everybody in the room said, that's a great name. Great name. That's a great name. That's a great name. So I was like, okay, so I guess I'm on to something. So now I had to rethink what does the walk look like. Mm. So I had to re- retrace to the walk. All right, walk in victory. But the walk is a journey. So I sent it to my daughter who's in school for art, and she's an artist, and I said... If you was thinking about walking, so she came up with the pathway for the feet. And she said, because this is the church logo, which most people don't understand why the colors look the way that they do, because I'm a pastor. She said, the church logo is this color. Let's use the footprints as the same color. She's 15 years old. I love it. But you understand what I'm (laughs) saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't think most people understand if you're trying to talk to a new generation, you need the new generation to talk to you. To the center. Oh, come on. That's <laughs> my footprint walking through the sand. It was when I was in the bathroom at my grandma. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> and and it's like, you read it, and you read it all the time. You're like, thank you. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is holding my feet, <laughs> but somebody need to really help me relieve my stomach. When you get to those intersections, how, how do you bring in a new mindset? And it's get, this gets back, and this is why you're going to say that. You know what? This is a brilliant podcaster. <laughs> the Drake to Michael Jackson intersection. I can't bring my 10-year-old my my ten year old, he don't like Drake at all. I can't bring that generation into my Michael Jackson generation. My twenty one year old was in love with Michael Jackson. That was his first involvement with music. Mm-hmm. My sixteen year old loves Paul McCartney because she plays the guitar. Huh. Right. Yeah. So she likes, she loves guitarists. She goes to a private school that we pay a lot of money for, and she loves it. <laughs> I had to put that out. Shout out to my... We're going on college tours. Oh. But she loves, she loves folk singers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But my 10-year-old, who's at that new intersection, mm-hmm. how do you bring a business to engage with that? Because... You don't want to be Netflix. You don't want to be Blockbuster. You want to be Netflix. Yep. Yeah. And, and Blockbuster's big, huge mistake was they had an audience. They're going to we. They thought we were going to keep going out on Friday night. Remember they had the popcorn machine and, <laughs> and rent videos. Oh, God. Back in the day. <laughs> 
yeah, they did. But we didn't. <laughs> so how do, what do you say to that person that think that, oh, no, my audience is going to just keep coming? Okay. So I love all these examples because you brought I'm sorry. Up, I gave a lot. Oh, no, it was great because you talked about a couple things here. One, you talked about connection, right? And how each of your kids are connecting differently. And I think the other thing is thinking about then like their interests, where they're at and how you can connect. And the one thing that I talk about a lot with the companies I work with is the other thing, which is pain points. So it's like, what mm. issue are your customers having? Are your potential prospects having? So I think that in terms of making sure that you can connect with them, it's really about just understanding where they're at. I'm sorry if I'm getting to this answer in a roundabout way, but it's more oh, like... Oh, no, no, go ahead. I went, I went for a long time. I think it's more about, you know, one, knowing like what audience are you going after and what problem do they have, right? I think you, you got to know those two things. And then once you do, then it's how do I solve that problem? How Then how can I convey that message? And so, I mean, it's a lot of steps, right? I'm making this sound really easy. Know what the problem is, and no, what they should be thinking about because, all right, so we might have cheap people in the seats that won't, but can you get a little nerdy? And totally. that's what we do here on Walking Victory <laughs> get a little nerdy and tell them, like, this is what you should be thinking, like, as specific as you can without giving away your source. I would be happy to even give away the source. So, okay, I'm trying to think of a good example here for you. Let's say that you... I can give you an example so you don't have to reach. Okay. I started Walking Victory podcast for you. I teach yoga and stuff mm -hmm. and all that. I started putting everything on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I was doing the church stuff, the yoga stuff, the and I told my producer, I said, we can't do this. We got to start mm -hmm. different channels for everything. So there. But... but but I'm here, let's retrace back, I'm putting everything on one channel, everything on one website. So let's go from there. Okay, so good example. Your, your instincts were correct. Because again, you're muddying the waters if you have four different types of issues that you solve for, or interests that you solve for, right? People won't really understand what to do when they come here. What kind of podcast am I getting? So if you separate them out into four different channels, now it's clear, this is what I get in this podcast, this is what I get in this podcast. But what you need to think about now is, okay, the people that listen to Walk in Victory, do they like to go on social media? Would they want to open emails for me? Do they go on YouTube, right? Would they want a mailer sent to them, right? I'm just giving you So you need to think about where would they want to interact with you and your pod, like how would they want to hear about your podcast? Where do they go? I don't know if in this example, at your example, do you know how old your listeners are generally? Are they 20 years old? Are they 40 years old? You know, and again, thinking like, would they be fans of Drake? Would they be fans of Michael Jackson? And this is very specific, but it's important. You get where I'm going. It's, you need to start thinking about who is it that's coming to find me? And then where do I find that? Uh, yeah, I'm being nerdy. I said we were going to be nerdy. Yeah. Your avatar. Yeah. But why yeah. are specific support? What they read, what they yeah. listen to, like why those things are important? So, and why, it's, too, it's a dude question. I'm sorry, because it just popped in my head. Why do most startup entrepreneurs miss it? Okay. 
So I had a client that was new to the insurance industry, right? They were starting a a brand new company and they were dealing with high net worth clients, but they were hell bent on doing Facebook ads. It's what they wanted to do. Okay. And they they saw the video. Guess what? It didn't. You could have told them. I did. I, I did. Anyway. Um, so where we're going with this, though, and it's this important lesson. So I'm being a little snarky, but it's, it's important for me as a consultant to say to them, like, hey, I don't think this is a great idea, but we can try it. We'll get some data, right? We'll see what happens. So I want you to think, I want all of us to think here, would a high net worth client go see a Facebook ad and be like, I got to buy this insurance? Yeah, yeah, because... Because I saw the ad and they told me, I'm, I'm being that client. They told me that all I have to do is pay 20 cents a day. There you go, 20 cents a day. So this is an example of your audience, where they go, not aligning. Total misalignment. That's not where they are. But they might do an in-person event, right? How do you redirect? And then we're going to talk about numbers because, because most people think that numbers are, I've been listening to Seth Golden mm-hmm. as uh, for the last, like every morning I wake up, I'm listening to Seth Golden lectures and Seth is like, if you can find three people, you don't need hundred. If you can find three people that believe in you, mm-hmm. they know three people because the laws of attraction. So from a marketing standpoint, what you're really trying to tell them is that there's a law of attraction. You know who I really love? I love those um, dude. not the Facebook ads, the... Google ads? They hit the, the... No, it's... All right, I'm about to... I'm about to pull up... Look, 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 we going real time right now. Whatever you need. No, it's not Facebook ads. It's the... I'm on Facebook. Boost. The boost. Oh, oh, yeah, yes, yes. They boost their posts, and they're like, oh, I got, they're like, oh, I got mad people looking at my posts. I'm like, you boosted your post to, it's like peeing in a hurricane. Good reach, but. But but what did did you reach? Yes, but what did you? Yeah, it's, it's quality over quantity for sure. So that's another great example. Just boosting your post just so you can get more eyeballs on it. Could it work? Maybe. But it's not going to be your, likely not going to be your traffic for the audience that you need. Because at the end of the day, you can't solve everybody's problem with your one podcast, your one solution, right? You're going to be, and you want to be for a specific audience. Otherwise, people will not understand if it's really for them. It'll be too murky. So how does your framework look like? What do you, when you, I'm coming to you like, mm-hmm. all right, here, I, I got this Walking Victory podcast. I'm preaching on here. I'm mm-hmm. doing yoga. I'm yep. talking to the masters. So what what does your framework look like? And what do you say to me first when we come in? I look at messaging first. And the reason is because I see messaging as like the foundation, right? You're building a house, you need a strong foundation. And I see that as the words. If your words don't make sense or they're confused or they're jumbled or they're talking to too many audiences, 
It doesn't matter if you're on email, social, conferences, like people will not understand you. So I do a whole, we look at the messaging first. And then I look at strategy. Like, what are we going to do? Who are we trying to reach? What are you trying to accomplish? Right? We need, we look at all those things. And then I get a plan in place for, okay, how are we going to actually reach your goals? What, and Mm. so there's goals, there's objectives, there's tactics, there's some loose timelines, all of that gets into the plan. And then we execute. And that's what we do. That's what I do. So for me, I have, the other thing is everybody else listening to us, social media is just one platform. Regardless of what media you use, it's just social media. It's email marketing. It's uh, podcasting. There's other mm-hmm. ways to go about it. Um, shout out to our sponsor, Pooks. Pooks allows us to write our nonfiction books, which helps us to also um, develop our, our um, coaching campaigns and stuff like that. So um, the link is in the I got to got you see how I did that, right? I told you I'm professional. <laughs> the link is in the in the um, description. But social media is one platform. What I do because social media can be broad and it can be and can take up a lot of time. I my Facebook and Instagram is linked mm-hmm. for both my pages. Mm-hmm. I don't use my brand page for either one because most people know me for me. I'm the face of my brand. Mm -hmm. So if people are looking for me, they're not going to remember the name of my podcast. They'll remember mine. It connects to my church brand. Mm -hmm. My name Tillman and Ron connects to my podcast Mm -hmm. brand. Here's the rub. Twitter, I don't care. Twitter is like the Wild West. The more I post on Twitter, I can post my church stuff. I created a harmony. My church stuff, six in the morning. Even though you're supposed to post at eight. Because most people who's looking for spiritual stuff, it's <laughs> six, between that four to six round, right? Yeah. Then I start doing my podcast stuff, eight, nine, twelve. Like, I'm, but I'm scheduling my posts. So all day long, and I'm interchanging between the two. Twitter, TikTok, I just came up with the same thing early in the morning. So my engagement now, spiritual stuff, I might get low-hanging fruit. A guy wake up in the middle of the morning like, oh, where's my life going? And I'm like, hey, hey here goes this. Right here. <laughs> this <spiritual laughs> yeah, come right here. But you know how long it took me to figure it out? You know how many posts I had zeros by? I believe it. I do. Because same. I had to learn it too. So what you're giving a person is a skill set. Can you explain to the audience why this skill is important? And I hear a lot of people saying... Is two, I told you I always give two questions. I hear a lot of people saying, like, I post when they even business, you need them to go on your business page because you're specifically talking to them if they like that page. So, 
how do we drive traffic to that specific page talking about what we're doing and then how do we merge all of the social channels there's right now as we speak there's 35 social channels oh, all right there's a lot in there we could probably do an entire show yeah i know we're we almost yeah. done i'll start with the last question because that's actually the easiest this goes back to quantity Qu sorry quality not quantity you don't need to be on every social channel i really i'm a firm believer in that because i feel like People consume content very differently across channels, and you can't produce the right type of content for 35. Okay. So it's just silly. You don't need to do that. I, I don't do that. Not just you, but everybody. Um, okay. If, when you start your company, uh, I'm not sure quite how to answer, start, start with this answer. Let's say you already have an existing strong personal brand. You can continue and I do think there's a lot of value in having a strong personal brand and marketing that way. But to your point, you do need to get people over to your business website, to your business channels. And so I think there does have to be a very distinct line again about what kind of content will they see on your personal channels. And it's okay if it's somewhat business related. I'll give, I'll use my own example for this in a second, but you also need to think about then what do you want them to see on your business page, right? Is it sales? Is it special contests? Is it who, I don't know, right? Like, but there's gotta be something different that they can get on your company page, company profile, that they won't get on your personal pages. Um, so I would like, if it's all right to use an example here, I do a lot of marketing on LinkedIn and most of my LinkedIn actually goes through my personal profile. Um, and that's okay. You know, I get to build up my personal brand and promote the business and my services, but I also have a business profile too, and that has its own separate content. And sometimes I point back to that. So I think there's an easy way to marry these things together, um, and have them work out just fine. So when you work it out, when you work it out, are you feeling slighted? Are you looking for likes? Or are you looking for more? Not likes. I mean, likes are fine. Like awareness is fine. I still think um, my business is still relatively new. So definitely I'm trying to build some awareness of who I am and what I do. But at the end of the day, I'm more looking for, hey, saw your post, would love to chat. <laughs> right? There's, it's got to be all of that. I think it's okay to expect all of that. At the end, if I'm using that as a primary marketing channel if you're using social media as a primary marketing channel you again you want to have a plan for what do you want to get out of it at the end of the day because i think that in in this new age and i asked that specifically because i think that in this new age especially with what you do mm -hmm. helping people to understand their brand and messaging and all that stuff i think viral is the new currency mm -hmm. Oh, my post went viral. Mm -hmm. How much money did you make? Right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, going viral or being seen will not always necessarily interchange with money. If I hire you, I'm hiring you because I want to make, I don't want to be seen. I want to make more, applaud you for stepping into that arena because <laughs> you, you, I'm pretty sure you have some horror stories. <laughs> Don't we all? I mean, listen, you know what I'll say, though? 
if you don't have any horror stories, you're not trying hard enough because you've got to fail. Like oh. you, you've got to take risks and chances with some of these things. Otherwise, you won't know. <laughs> because some people, like you, you could go in and be like, "Oh, just let me know what I need to do," and then they could be so humble, and and then you start telling them, "Oh, this is you shouldn't be doing this. You should try this," and then they try it, and if it don't pop in two days. That's why I do. I was doing a similar thing, helping other people build it. Now, I, I I'd rather train you. I'll show you where to go. Yeah. Charge your fee, yeah. and God bless you. <laughs> so I really appreciate the fact that we still have people, because this this is a difficult industry, yeah. and the industry the industry is always changing, which means. What worked today won't work tomorrow. What would you say to somebody that's going through that? Like when TikTok first hit, there was a real opportunity to get gain a lot of TikTok followers. And or I'm gonna use my own personal thing. So I was one of the first ones that got monetized on Reels. Huh. They used to give you 26 cent per thousand listens or it was the number was high okay. man they changed that thing and <laughs> what do you who do i write mark zuckerberg <laughs> and you change it from 26 cent. <laughs> so you're like oh i'm, I'm going facebook i'm, I'm making my money tiktok same thing like all of those platforms you want people to come to your platform you want people to come to your website. Mm -hmm. How do you articulate that? Yeah, this can be today, but that's their platform. They might let you curse today, but tomorrow, one big news break, you can't do the same thing that you do. Or they change the algorithms. Your client is, they're saying like, yes, yes, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. But they're really not listening. How do you get them to listen? Oof. I'll tell you that, honestly, sometimes it's hard and they don't want to hear. But I think what helps um, get them to listen is also when I'm open to listening. I hope that makes sense. Like there has to be a give and take. So in the example I used earlier where my client really wanted to do Facebook ads, I said to them, I hear you. I understand you want to try this. I told them, I don't think this is the right channel for you, but let's try it. So we build that trust there. I hear you. I respect you. I get that you want to try this. We'll try your thing. Now the next time, are you open to trying my thing? Right? You want to build this bridge like, this didn't work out. I have other ideas. And so I think being able, again, perspective, you know, bringing it back to that, and a little just compassion and empathy, too, of understanding that everybody's just trying to get yeah, their business. You don't want to come across as a snotty no, right? no I really And I, not at all. Um, so what are your two things? What do you like right now? What do I like right now? Mm -hmm. Just in general? Not Facebook oh. ads, oh. but what, what do you like? I was going to say pizza, pizza was going to be the first thing that came to mind. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, do, you like, uh, do you like the, the, the cream or, <laughs> or black? Creamer, lots of sugar. Um, 
Okay, yeah. for marketing, what are my things? Honestly, I know. Feel like everybody loves to hate email marketing, but email marketing still one email of my favorites. Email marketing is ping. I just did an episode on that. I love it. Go back and check it out. I, I'm coming out with a new course on it. I'm all excited. So email. I'm very hot on email right now. Um, and the other thing is just a good content strategy. So again, going back to like, how can you give your prospects, your customers, something that that, that helps them? that gets them interested, that they will want to come back to some podcasting is fantastic. You can connect with your audience by giving them shows that addresses hopefully something that serves you, but also your audience. You know, it's great. If you can make content that resonates and helps people, that's a win. So what books are we reading? Oh boy. What did I just start the other day? Um, I read a lot of fantasy. I won't lie. I know everybody wants to hear that. I oh, read, yeah, like, you don't have to be like deep anything yeah. i just like the um i have just started the wheel of time because i it's on amazon prime right oh. now so yeah so most people i <laughs> i don't want to say <laughs> I, i'm trying to pick my word i'm gonna say it just i don't like people that read books that's on the move they never like that's not what the what's that's not what happened in the book <laughs> I, I i got you i get it yeah I know, I know. The, the whole, one of our good, well, our producer, he wasn't be able to um, be here today. Shout out to Big Phil. Um, but he always say, when he watched the Flash, it's like, say, how did you like Flash? He's like, oh, they they deviated from the comic book. I'm like, no, nobody else read the comic books. <laughs> He's like 60 years old. About, they deviated from the comic book. You know, who cares? But, the Will of Time. Did you watch the movie? I did. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was did great. It, did, was it was it in syn synchronicity? Uh, so far, it's it's pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I think we had a good. I think we had a good. A hundred percent. This was great. This was a lot of fun, and I appreciate the really good questions. Very. Good. This was great. And I'm going to tell my audience. Listen, everybody. You can walk any way that you want to walk. You can walk with your head down. You can act like you don't need a coach. We all need coaching. When I started out four years ago, I didn't know what podcasting was. I understand the industry of podcasting. And every day I get better. But why was that? I paid for a coach. I paid for somebody to um, show me the nuances, to help me understand my target audience, to... That's how I was able to distinguish the fact that you don't hear my preaching here now. You can go to one ministries podcast anywhere that streaming, but you don't hear those things because I understand and I understood from coaching. So when we bring people on our show, we bring them on because I authenticate them as masters, and I don't send them preset questions i don't send them because i want you to hear our conversation and from the conversation you can feel their vibe you can feel that they know what they're talking about they know what they do family members so you can walk how you want to walk but we choose 
to Walk in Victory. Welcome to the Walk in Victory podcast, where we sit you at the feet of the masters. My name is Carla, and I'm excited to introduce you to our host, Na Ron Tillman, recording from the bustling borough of Queens, New York. On this show, we dive deep into the journeys of individuals who have overcome tremendous challenges to achieve their goals. Through their stories, we hope to provide you with inspiration, guidance, and strategies for your own journey towards victory. So get ready to learn from the masters themselves as we explore the triumphs and struggles that make success possible. Let's dive in. And now here's our host, Na Ron Tillman.